What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Matthew Anthony Hawkins here with another Around Town in Chilliwack podcast episode. This episode, I have Scott from Flavorful Farms hanging out with me, talking about his new business he started up. And I'll tell you this, I thoroughly enjoyed not only getting to know Scott, but also having a tour of his farm and hanging out with him, talking about business. He's an awesome guy. I'll tell you, you got to uh, buy some products from him at local market and awesome. So I hope you enjoy this episode and maybe you'll be inspired to uh, maybe start up a business like Scott too. So enjoy this episode and we'll talk to you later. I'm here with Scott from Flavorful Farms. How's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So today, uh, it's a Thursday today. It's a busy day for you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Thursday's my day off from my regular job to do my farm and stuff. Okay. So regular job. When you say regular job, what what is it that you do? You're kind of your nine to five. Uh, I'm a woodworker. It's like a, at an architectural woodworking place um, in Abbotsford. So I do that um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Nice. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? Um, I've actually only been doing that for about a year because um, before that I was had a kitchen cabinet shop with my dad and then we shut it down after like, uh, I've, I've been working there since 2006 and we shut it down last year. Okay. Yeah. And then you switched over to this other woodworking place? Yeah, well, I decided I want to start a farm between that. So I started a farm, but I still needed another job right now to pay for everything. So, right. um, because if I cannot take money out of my business this year while I'm getting it established, that's just a lot easier on me financially. For sure. Yeah. So that's kind of my plan, just to work both until hopefully I can be free of my other job. Right. So when you say start a farm, what is it that uh, that you've started? Um, I started a small vegetable growing operation in Greendale. Great. Uh, where, like, what kind of, because I've talked to you about this before. When you say farm, like I picture, you know, you got the barn and the tractor and cows and corn and what what kind of farm do you have going on? This is really small scale. It's uh it's it's kind of new. Um, what's happening right now? Technology and stuff is allowing people to be efficient at a small scale. And um, when you can be efficient in your operations, that's when you can start to make money. And so now there's going to be um, new farms coming up where it's like entrepreneurs that are um, coming into farming, and that's kind of where I'm fitting in the mix right now. Cool. So you have a small scale farm in Greendale. What kind of things do you have uh, that you're growing on your farm? Um, mostly and cheers. Green. Cheers, by the way. Cheers. Mostly greens, and uh, I have these things called microgreens. They're essentially sprouts grown in soil, and then I do baby root vegetables. So okay. yeah, turnips, radishes, uh, carrots, right? Beets. Yeah. So you grow all this stuff. Yep. Then what? You sell it. That's the that's the <laughs> game. That's the game. You got to sell it. Producing it, especially here, we have. Um, really good growing conditions. So that's not the challenge. The challenge isn't being able to produce the amount of food, it's it's selling it. Right. That's the game of having a business. And that's a part that a lot of farmers miss. They grow things that they want to grow, not what their market is dictating. Right. Yeah. So the things that you're growing in your on your farm are things that you found consumers want to buy? Um, yeah, they're kind of, it's like the metaphorical, like low hanging fruit. Um, it's like salad greens is a pretty easy sell. People know what salad greens are and they've, they've been exposed to them. Um, they know what they are, they use them. And so when you're coming in here and you have a good salad greens, they can easily identify that it's a good salad greens. Whereas if you're selling something weird vegetable like kohlrabi, 
Um, people have never heard of it. People don't know how to cook with it. And so you could have like the best kohlrabi and they don't know that. Or you could have the worst and they don't know. But like yeah. salad greens is pretty easy. There's no education process with it. Um, yeah. And it also works well with my production system. If I can sell greens, um, that's kind of one of the more higher value crops. Yeah. And so that's kind of like obviously what I want to start out with. But just because I want to grow that doesn't mean that that's going to be what my market dictates. Right. Yeah. So you, this whole goal of farming isn't just because you love to get your hands dirty. This is to create an efficient, profitable business. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I, yeah. It has to. For me, it has to function as a business. Um, if it doesn't, there's, there's no point in doing it long term if it doesn't function as a business. Yeah. Um, if I have to keep putting, my, like, if I have to work two jobs forever just to keep farming, that's not that's not fun. That's not gonna. There's no way that's gonna be a fun life. And you'll wear yourself out too. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, burnout and fatigue and everything. You yeah, you couldn't keep that up for very long. So yeah, I wanna I wanna get you know free from my own job and just do this full time for sure. So the space that you're farming on, how how big of a space are we talking about? It's really small. It's uh, I think I have about four thousand square feet of land in production. And an acre is 40,000. So I think it's less than an eighth. Wow. Yeah. So basically someone could build this in their front yard, more front, or less. Yeah. Front yards, backyards. It's not maybe they can. It's yeah. a, yeah, it's a hundred percent. My mentor, Curtis Stone in Kelowna, he's farming up front yards and backyards. He's got five different plots um, all within his house. He bikes around and um, does all his restaurant deliveries by bike. Um, that wouldn't really work around here because, I mean, everything's so spread out a little bit more. But downtown Kelowna, it really works for him. So how did you come come up with wanting to start this in Chilliwack? What, um, what drew you to it? Yeah, like three, or, three years ago, like 2012, I had seen these videos on um, the Internet about these more regenerative farms and farms that were kind of working more with nature, not part of like this whole big mess of agriculture that we have right now. And I just thought, oh, I could do that. I want to do that. So then I started uh, just trying to educate myself about like what this was, because it's not like there wasn't really like classes for it in like school or anything. Like couldn't just go to like UFV to be this like different type of farmer, right? Yeah. A lot of things with agriculture right now are not working. So to do the same things and think you're going to have a successful farm is, is really silly. You have to do something else. So that's kind of what I was looking for. So it took me like three years going down this path of um, trying to find out about these farms. And then I finally um, found out about this guy, Curtis in Kelowna, who was doing it really successfully. And I finally had enough information at that point to um, go and I paid him to, and did a consultation with him. And that really set me up really well to um, just to execute on my farm this year. Yeah. So how long has Curtis been doing this up in Kelowna? Um, I think this is his seventh year. Wow. Yeah. So he's like not, he's a young guy too. He's, uh, he's like 36, I think. Yeah. So yeah, he just, uh, yeah, it's like seven years isn't that long to be having a business. No, not at all. Yeah. yeah. I've been doing, uh, working with theater advertising now for eight, nine years. Yeah. And it still feels like it's, I've just started. So. Yeah. I worked with my dad building kitchen cabinets for 10 years, 2006 to 2015, nine years, I think it was. Yeah. And it seems like nothing. I remember, like, yeah, I had my 10 year, um, grad year reunion was like two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like I was there like last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So you, the, the name of the game is selling the products that you're making. Yeah. That you're growing. So wh- how do you do that? What, what have you done to uh, get yourself out there? Um, I did a Kickstarter. So right away. 
I realized that um, I wanted to like include other people into my farm. That was a really important thing to me because um, for like you want to be full disclosure with this. Um, that's a really big selling point, or at least it's a potential selling point. And so I thought if I involved other people in my process right from day zero, that that would uh, that would really help. And it would just, you know, promote myself a little bit and do stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I did the Kickstarter. And then because of that, I got to be in the, like the newspaper. Um, Paul Henderson wrote a story about me. And then I've got to do like all these podcasts and get to be on it. And then my mentor has a podcast that they do. And I got to be on, I've actually got to be on it twice now. And then I ended up starting my own podcast. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. Yeah. So podcasting, where where can people find you on the audio? It's on the Sample Hour, and then uh, we have a little sub sub show on the Sample Hour. It's called Failing Forward. Yeah. But yeah. SampleHour.com or on iTunes at the Sample Hour. So Failing Forward, why? <laughs> why the name? It's well, like everybody. It's really funny because like we just kind of all I've been doing the whole time with my farm is I've just said like, hey, this is what I'm doing. And like, I'll put my mess ups on there and I'll put when stuff's not working, I'll put when stuff is working and I'll be like, Hey, I got a new restaurant customer and stuff like that. So, um, everybody's, we've gotten like a lot of really, really good feedback, like pretty, like just about overwhelming. Sometimes like some stuff people say to you, it's just really nice. You don't expect it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But ever so everybody's like, Oh, like you guys are like doing awesome. You're doing so amazing and all this like really crazy stuff. And then like me and drew don't feel like that we just feel like we're messing up like i don't think <laughs> i don't feel like i've done anything 100 percent yet i would like i would give myself like a c plus or a b so far yeah yeah like i could have made more money on my kickstarter i, I could have like there's been i've had flubs with all my vegetables i've had stuff that like hasn't worked out you know what i mean i've just like been short on my orders sometimes and like just nothing has gone perfect and it's just funny from like an outside view and everybody's like oh yeah like good job like it's great and i'm just like man it's a roller coaster yeah but they don't necessarily see all that no not unless at all. unless they listen to your podcast and yeah. get an idea what is actually going on week to week oh totally and even with the podcast like you still don't have a it's still not an accurate description or an accurate picture of everything right yeah and yeah it's just crazy but it, yeah it's it's funny one of the things i've learned in business is uh it's impossible to constantly hit an a or a high a right a plus yeah if you can average out hitting a high b yeah you're doing pretty good yeah i think so. <laughs> yeah you just got to plod forward because <laughs> yeah. you're definitely gonna have some failures in there yeah that's all i try to do it's funny you say that because that's like that's exactly how i think too I, like i'm not the hardest mo- working person but in the sense that like if we do a task like you might be faster at it than me or something but if we have like a week's worth of work to do i'll plod forward and i'll, I'll, I'll like i'll get that done no problem yeah you know what i mean and it might not take me that long but yeah i can plod forward at like 75 80 percent all the time yeah and that's what i do i just try to check like a couple things off the list all the time and it's really funny because like i've been working a regular job and then i work after that so it's just like work 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 all the time um but it's just, yeah, it's just constant. And your days off, you don't even call your days off. <laughs> they call them days <laughs> on. <laughs> I get to farm. Yeah. Yeah. Stop woodworking and then you're uh, yeah. tilling the soil. Yeah, totally. Well, even like, I kind of like think of my time as, it's not really free. It's just all going towards this goal of like having this farm. Because I feel like I got like two or three years to really give it a good push and make it work. So what is your, your end goal with this? You said 4,000 square feet? Yeah. So moving from 4,000 square feet to two, three years from now, where do you want to be? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Is this where the transparency kicks in? No, it's just um, a lot of variables. 
because I don't, I only own 13% of the property that I own. My own right. dad owned the rest. And that was going to be their retirement plan was to sell the house and downsize. And you're changing that plan? Um, no, I won't. I don't have enough money to buy that house. Yeah. So unless my brother wanted to come in with me or something, there's a couple options where we could end up owning the house and then I get to stay there and then I get to scale up my farm. Right. But there's also the option that in like three years, we're going to sell it. So I either want to, in three years, I want to be A, free from my job because I have a successful farm. Yeah. And I want to be have either like set up a business where people can see it and be like like that's my resume right for someone to come be like hey come come do this come do this right and, yeah. and like that's my resume basically or i can scale up my own farm but i just like there's been i've had so many opportunities and doors open even in the past six months but definitely in the past year that it, like i kind of don't even think i can kind of extrapolate out what's going to happen in the next two or three years if i keep going at this because it really feels like um, I'm kind of on my way to being successful with this. Like I'm not successful with it yet, but it kind of feels like I'm definitely taking the right steps. There. Right. You, you've got your foundation built. And yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely getting built. Like I definitely need to make more sales and stuff. But I mean, it's you just got to be patient, right? Yeah. It, like you can't just expect everything. I want it to be magic. I want it to be. <laughs> I want it to be now. Oh, for right? sure. Yeah. But yeah. It's just like just that slow grind. But like, I think all my customers are really happy with me so far. And like, yeah, just everybody's been saying really nice stuff. And like. I know that like the volume of like orders will pick up once once they know what they can expect from me and once once I understand what my market wants, which is what they're asking for, what they've already bought. So this is your first year where you've been selling. Oh yeah, your yeah. product. Um, so we already talked to you. Your end goal is to to sell what you're growing. You've started up a Kickstarter. How else have you gone about selling your product? Um, I just oh farmers market. Okay. But mostly I go to restaurants. That's restaurants. my thing. Yeah, I go to restaurants. That's my that's my market stream right now. So which restaurants are you selling to in the valley? Um, Harvest on Mill, um, Harvest Grill and Greens in Abbotsford. I have uh, the Curly Kale Eatery, um, Lakeside Beach Club, and Bravo's Restaurant. And Bonnie at Fast Bun Co. takes um, some stuff from me pretty often. Yeah. Um, and then she's Farmer's Farmer. Market where... The downtown Chilliwack one is called That Local Market. Okay, which yeah. is in Central Park now. Yeah, right beside Mill Street. Yeah, and right beside the Waffle Guy. Yeah, the Waffle Guy. He's awesome. Yeah, I've uh, we've been three times now uh, to the that farmers market, and uh, I've bought waffles twice. Oh yeah, when it's cold <laughs> out, when it's cold outside, I go at waffles. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not gonna actually kind of interesting. I'm not gonna go to the farmers market this weekend. No, how no. come? Um, I thought originally thought I was gonna go to the Abbotsford Farmers Market instead of the Chilliwack one, because it's bigger. Okay. So I thought I could make more money there. So you're gonna try it out? Um, no. No? <laughs> I, so I, I thought I was going there. I went there last year and talked to the guy, and then like two weeks before I was, like I applied for it, I never really got anything back from him, and I thought it was weird, and I tried to follow up with him a couple times, and I kind of got like blown off. And like two weeks before um, I was supposed to go there, he's like, oh no, <laughs> sorry, we're um, oversaturated with, products and i was like oh okay <laughs> thanks so, so no i kind of so i kind of i kind of like didn't um plant out that much things 
because I didn't think that I was going to have anywhere to move them to. Right. And so I kind of, but then I found out about this downtown Trillog one and I started going there. So like two weeks later, I got back on track with all my planting, but that was say six weeks ago. And so now the repercussions of not planting six weeks ago are catching up with me now. Yeah. So now this week I have kind of a lull in production where I should have had more stuff coming out this week. Okay. But I don't really have that much. I took the stuff that I did have to restaurants, Yeah. but I don't really have enough to go and justify having a good farmer's market day. And it looks like it's going to be um, kind of rainy anyways. And I have work to do. Like if I don't go to the farmer's market, I gain because normally I have to harvest um, Thursday afternoon after I'm done my deliveries, Friday afternoon. And then I wake up and I package on Saturday morning and then go to the farmer's market on Saturday. And I get home from that at like three o'clock. Yeah. Right. So that's like that's two and a half or one and a half days that I get of my time back to work on my farm. Um, so that's kind of the balancing act that, you know, decisions you got to make when you got limited time. It's, it's like such a micro economy that you have on your 4,000 square feet. Like, cause you're constantly having to be ahead. Like you, you're talking about six weeks ago, you made a decision yeah, and now you're paying for it. Like that's oh. a really quick turnaround. Oh yeah. Even, um, even last Saturday. I have to soak my, my, my microgreen seeds overnight before I put them um, out into these trays. And I missed it by one day. Like I forgot to, I usually do it on Saturday night. Yeah. I forgot to do it on a Saturday night. I did it on Sunday night instead. And yeah, this week I was, that's, so that was two weeks ago. That was two Saturdays ago. And then this week I had, to, I was short about a pound that I needed. Wow. And if I had that extra day, I would have had like a, a, a lot more growth on them. I would have had like a pound and a half. So then you learn stuff about like how you should structure, how you should structure everything. So now I think I'm going to start planting them on Fridays because then if I did miss it for some reason, then I have that extra day buffer in there and I can harvest them earlier and throw them in a walking cooler. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you learn about all of this? Like that's obviously you're still learning on a continual basis, but how did you learn about like the planting and um, my mentor, Curtis, when I went up there and seen him, he uh, had this online course they've been working on yeah. for the past like, couple of years. Yeah. And then it was just like perfect timing. I was like one of the first ones to start taking it. Yeah. Yeah. I found out about it because he was on this podcast and he's like, yeah, my, I, I set up this consultation with him and then I started listening to all these podcasts that he was on and he had done like a weekly series, but I hadn't listened to any of them. So I was just catching up with them. Right. Yeah. And so I got like a couple of weeks into it, into this podcast and then he's like, yeah, like, um, I have this online course and I was like, cool. So I signed up for it before I went and did the consultation Yeah, because I wanted to just like, I wanted to have the most information that I could when I finally went out there. Right. Yeah. So from the time that I called him to when I did my consultation, that was, there was a month span in there and two weeks into that month, I found out about this course. So I signed up for the course and it's supposed to be, it's supposed to take you about 10 weeks yeah. to, um, to work your way through it. And I powered through most of it in two weeks. Wow. So I could be ready for going up there. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I was still working at the kitchen cabinet shop at that time. Yeah. So yeah. So that was busy. <laughs> that was a busy couple of weeks. But so do you have a green thumb? Is that like have you enjoyed? No. no? <laughs> like like yeah, or... I mean you I mean I'm growing so much stuff that something's gonna work. Yeah. But I mean No, but like before this, did you enjoy getting out in the dirt and oh, yeah, I didn't growing really, stuff? Didn't really grow stuff before. No? No, nothing. Well you guys live I, on a piece of property like yeah, I know, you never No, we had gardens when we were kids, but that's why that's part of the reason I felt like I was doing this because I, I was used to be really fat and then I lost like a whole bunch of weight. I used to be like two hundred and twenty pounds and ended up being like now I'm like one fifty. Wow. So 
I lost a whole bunch of weight, got way healthier. And then I was like, as soon as I bought into that place three years ago or whatever, then I was like, man, I'm sitting here, I'm eating all this like organic produce that I'm buying from Superstore or whatever, which is totally fine to get it there. But um, I'm getting it from Superstore or whatever, but I live on this property. Like I just felt like a hypocrite. Yeah, you live on a farm yeah, in Greendale. Totally. So I, so I felt like a hypocrite from doing that. And then, but I knew that um, if I was gonna set up this thing that I was trying to make, as a business that I was going to have to like do it a certain way. And so I waited, I waited until I figured out what that system was going to be before I started doing stuff. Cause I didn't want to start like doing something and then bail on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. I tried to just wait until I found something and I just looked until I found something. And so then when I found Curtis's, um, course, I was like, Oh man, this is it. I can do this. Boom, go. And yeah. it was just like, boom, start my Kickstarter. Boom, do this. Boom, do this. And it was just like rolling right away. I went up and seen Curtis in June. Um, and by October, I had microgreens going in my first restaurant sales. Wow. <laughs> so you started this in the fall, basically. Yeah. Wait, I, well, yeah. Is this something in, in Chilliwack that you could do year round? Um, More or less? Well, I mean, if you had it, well, no. Yes, no. Yeah. You don't have enough, like not outside, but I mean, I'll have products all year round. Yeah. For sure, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Can product. you like obviously oh, yeah. you can't grow yeah. some things through No. Yeah, you I'll have products all year round. And there's like there's definitely yeah, there could be a market for that, growing stuff in the winter. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, it takes more energy and stuff and it's just factors, but if you can sell it, that's the game, right? Game yeah. selling it. So we already know how to produce a lot of food. We know how to grow it. We know cool ways to make greenhouses and all sorts of things. So if there's a yeah, if you can figure out some some way you want to do there's probably a good chance that you can make it happen. So I got to come and check out your farm. Yep. Uh, and you've got your greenhouse, mm -hmm. which you basically built yep. in a shed. Yep. And then you also have your cooler, mm -hmm. which you built yeah. in your shed. Yeah. And it's all like, it's like do it yourself. Like, I almost want to say like stuff that you'd find on like Pinterest or like yeah, man. Uh, BuzzFeed, right? Like top 10 ways to grow your own produce in your backyard. Like, yeah, it is. So how did you find out about this? Like you've got like an air conditioner that's like hacked so that it keeps your cooler cold. Yeah. And then if the air conditioner ever dies out, you just run over to Canadian Tire and grab a new one. Yep. Um, and yeah. then your greenhouse too. Like it's all just like shelves that you've built just with mm -hmm. two by fours and plywood. And yeah, it's just uh, appropriate technology. And um, the other thing too is that I've, I'm building on the experience of other people and I'm leveraging their experience. Oh, and, for sure. And I've um, like, I paid high level people to um, just to do it. And it's really funny because once I started like executing on my farm, they just took a real interest in me too. Yeah. Like it's been good luck with that. It's so been you've a had people come in and help you build this stuff? No, the, I just, um, or you got the info from got them. the info from them. And then you did Some it yourself. It. Oh yeah. I did most of it. I've, I've done all of the building and stuff by myself. Like all the, I don't really ask, um, for help on like, on like the what so much I ask for the help on the what, like how, right how how am i going to do this and then it's like oh well you're going to use this production system where you're going to do this this and this and it's like oh well what about this you can grow microgreens indoors and i'm like oh okay i'll do this and they're like you got to build shelves and i'm like okay yeah i'm gonna build shelves right but that that walking cooler um there's like a little robot that i have and it tricks the air conditioner like you were yeah. saying <laughs> it's just a hack like yeah. It's, yeah yeah it is and it that that's uh that's appropriate technology for the scale and size of my farm and that's what's gonna allow me to have a 
profitable business yeah. doing it. Um, yeah, there's just been new advances in technology um, in the past like five, 10 years, or not even 10, five years that, that are just allowing people to do stuff at this scale. And so this is like brand new. Yeah. This is not your grandpa's farm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. So now you're selling at the farmer's market. Yep. You are selling to restaurants and cafes. How do you scale up? What's the next step? The next step right now is to keep going with that for now. Right. Because next year, like for next year, say, I'll have this year I had to go out and make all those connections with everyone. Next year, I'll be able to already have my data and know what people want. So I'll be able to make more sales just because of that. Yeah. Um, if I can get enough money where I can be free of my job next year, I can go to a different farmer's market where there's more people like closer to Vancouver. The closer I can go to Vancouver, the more money I can make. But the only reason I don't go to Vancouver right now is because I already have to go to Mount Lehman uh, four times a week for work. Right. It's just too much yeah. with having to figure out how to run a business and how to make yeah. sales and all this other stuff. It's a lot of lost so, time. Yeah. So that's kind of the name of the game. The, I, I need to go in the direction of basically people to scale up right because there's probably not like because i have limited products there's probably not enough people around here to like you'd have to have different things but when you don't have that many products you have to have more revenue streams yeah and so that's another thing too there's um there's new food aggregators it's a kind of a newer business model where people like buy from a whole bunch of different farms or like local places and they'll drive them somewhere else so someone could set up i think there's a couple of them maybe in chilliwack or in Vancouver to Chilliwack, but like um, someone could really set up a business like that. That's a really, that could be a really profitable business idea is taking the things from here and going to Vancouver. Right. And the farmers get a fair price and um, your restaurant guys get a fair price. Yeah. But yeah, that's a really good model. You could run a, a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to have different revenue streams like that. If I could have farmer's market, um, restaurants, a couple food aggregators, maybe a couple like grocery stores, like local grocery stores. But I can't go to the grocery stores yet because I don't, I don't trust my production, my production yet. Right. Um, it's just a whole other step, whole other thing, more packaging, yeah, more costs. Their need is a lot higher, and yeah, they just their want, demand is. Yeah, restaurants and grocery stores will just want consistent production. Grocery yeah. stores probably, well, yeah, depends. It just depends, right? Yeah. You meet some cool people, and uh, I've met so many cool people, but you definitely meet some people that just like give you a good chance right where they're like oh i'll take a hundred dollar order yeah. and i'm just like oh okay like that's just there's a lot of variable for me to mess that up yeah you know what i mean whereas like there's a lot of other people where they'll take like 25 35 dollar orders just for this year and they'll see how it goes right yeah they'll see how my products are and like does it fit in do people like this is this actually going to make us extra money yeah because people can't just be doing you a favor and giving you good prices yeah they they're doing business. it to make money too yeah they have business to run too right yeah so like when I think about it, I told this to one of my chefs today. I said, like, it's not that big of a stretch to say I do craft vegetables, right? If you yeah. craft beer, I do craft vegetables. Yeah. Same thing. So it's going to be a little bit higher than normal price. Yeah. But um, there's definitely kind of their own little, you know, its own little world. Yeah. Yeah. So you personally, out of doing this now, uh, what have you learned about about this style of business, this, okay. about entrepreneurship? Like, oh. I don't know, man. My whole life has changed in the past year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like one, yeah, one eighty. Yeah. Totally. Uh, how so? Like how how has it changed? Oh man, I was just working for the weekend before. I didn't really have any direction. Didn't really have anything. But now, like, 
now I've got like this business and I know where I want to take it. And I just like, I really like having goals and like working on it. But then I also feel like that if, uh, because I've been doing this other podcast and stuff that there's going to be opportunities for me to help other people start up their farms. And just by providing the value of like telling my story right now. Yeah. And so, um, that's been, that part has been going really well. And I think that sets me up for like down the road future stuff. Yeah. So it's just like kind of neat. I just have like, have like the now stuff going on and like my future stuff going on. And it's just like, I don't know. I just have a lot more focus and like have a lot more direction um, now. Yeah. Yeah. So after doing what you're doing, how do you see this impacting Chilliwack as a community? Um, I hope that, uh, I hope that, you know, it's kind of already started, but I hope people, somebody starts gardening and growing their own food and stuff like that. Right. I mean, if I'm here, if I'm here, I want, I want to be the farmer, you know what I mean? I want to be the one in there making money, but there's definitely room for, um, there's definitely going to be room for a lot of people to get into this. Yeah. And especially as Vancouver gets more expensive and people start, there's an exodus out of Vancouver. Yeah. They're going to start looking for cheaper places. And it's already, it's already been happening. We've already had like record uh, real estate months recently. So, um, it's already happening. Like this place is going to grow. This place is going to expand. And, uh, I would either like to position myself where <clears throat> I'm in a good position here at the end of like that three years thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, just help people. Like, I think that when you provide um, a really good product that, that like that provides a lot of service for people. Yeah. So if people are interested in this and they, they want to do like, they want to take over their front yard, their backyard, what do they need to do to get going? Like, um, start. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like for real. Um, you need well, to you talked about how like you waited, you wanted, yeah, to I did right wait, thing. but I knew I wanted to do it as a business. I think there's going to be a lot of people that can't, don't, can't necessarily execute on it as a business, but they can do it as a hobby. Yeah. And, uh, I think there's like, there's a lot of danger in waiting because there's a lot of times that you won't take that step and you'll just sit there and wait, wait, wait. And it'll always just be a, a dream that you never did. Yeah. Um, I just, figured out that I was losing my job and I didn't really have any other options or interests. Yeah. Like for me, it was just like, I was waiting on being free from that job with my dad. And then as soon as he told me that we were done, then I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But there's not a lot of like other people that are going to be waiting. I don't think for like, th- like a moment like that, that they kind of knew was coming. Yeah. So yeah. But you had like active waiting is what I would call it. It wasn't like you were just like, Oh, one day and like, yeah. kicking some rocks around. Definitely. Like, you're yeah. gathering information. You're doing your research. Yeah, if you want to, like, I mean, you have to, if you want to do this as, like, a career, you just got to start looking at things you're interested in and then just keep reading about it and just figure it out. And then eventually you'll find something you'll be like, oh, that's the thing, I can do that. Or, like, this will work with my market. Or I would like to do this enough that I would do this as a business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's such a, like, live and learn sort of way of doing things. Like, you showing me, like, you walk me through that 4,000 square feet and you're like, oh, I planted this and it, you know, it turned out like crap and I learned, oh, I got to do this differently. And yeah. Like, so for someone wanting to start out, they shouldn't be overly discouraged, should they? No, no, you just got to make mistakes. If the only problem with making mistakes is if you don't um, do anything differently the next time. Making mistakes is fine because it's just an indicator that that um, you need to make a change, right? Yeah. But the problem is, is that you people don't execute on that. Yeah, they just see the mistake and they're like, "Oh, okay," and then they go do it again. Like if, if, <laughs> yeah. if I like if this week if I miss my planting my seeds again, say, and do it, and on do it Sunday, then, yeah, and do it on, yeah, then that's like then that's a problem. Yeah, and if you can't correct that mistake, then you probably don't really have uh, 
don't really have much business being in business. Yeah. Right. That's what you got to do though. If you want to be successful, I just try to do what like successful people would do, not what I would do. Cause what I want to do is sound the coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically as long as you keep failing forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is such we, a good, such a good title. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I think drew my, my buddy drew, he's in Ohio. He, uh, he made it up, I think. And then we were, or we were just texting back and forth and he said it and I was just like, yep, that's it. Yeah. Cause we had a really dumb name for it before. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, where can people find you? Where can they find you online in person? Uh, I'm on, uh, my website is www.flavorfulfarms.com. That's flavor with a U, the Canadian way. A. <laughs> yeah, A. Um, and then uh, Instagram, I'm really active on Instagram. Uh, Facebook's on there if you add me on Facebook. And then uh, I have my podcast on the Sample Hour. The yeah. Sample Hour. Yeah. What is, I, as someone that's in a lot of podcasts, I've not heard the Sample Hour. What is the Sample Hour? Um, it's just my buddy Drew Sample. And uh, it's just his collection of things that he um, he kind of started doing more like uh, comedy stuff before. Okay. But now he's really transitioned into like regenerative agriculture. That's a lot more where it's taken in the past like years. So what you're doing, is that what it's called? Regenerative? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of different names for it. Um, you can call it regenerative agriculture, permaculture. It's just um, like a ethical business that's uh, interacting well with the environment. Yeah. Yeah. We're not really, there's like, there's no inputs. There's no, there's not chemical inputs in this. Um, what, what I'm doing is going to improve the land and that, it, and when I say the land, I mean like the people around it too, like this mm-hmm. community, like the people that eat my food are eating the best, healthiest food that we can grow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's what it is. Like, I don't uh, like, that's what I'm doing. So like, if you want to call it regenerative agriculture, permaculture or something different, that's cool. <laughs> call it whatever you want. And then in person, where can they find you? Um, I'm at the Chilliwack, downtown Chilliwack Farmer's Market on Saturdays from uh, 9.30 to 2. And uh, f- until September, at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a, the Abbotsford Market. Not the Abbotsford. No. Not <laughs> the, <laughs> no heart feelings, though. No. Yeah. Sweet, man. Well, it's it's been a real pleasure just learning what you're what you're doing and what you're up to. And, and the, we bought some uh, spring mix and radish sprouts. Is that what we got? Yeah. Yeah awesome it was thanks man great two two awesome salads out of that so <laughs> that's sweet yeah and it's great because it's you're eating local and you're eating healthy so you can't go wrong oh yeah and like it's really funny too because like the stuff that the good stuff that i'm growing this year it's not because i'm a good grower this year it's just because i planted a whole bunch of stuff and that's the stuff that was like good but it's <laughs> uh it's local right like it's yeah. fresh that's the biggest thing is the biggest thing is that it's fresh it's not like it's not that you're not using chemicals it's not like chemicals make your food taste bad. It's that it's fresh. And um, all the things that I'm growing are like highly perishable. So that's- Yeah, you gotta eat it right away. Like yeah, that's how I can deliver better quality though than like these people that are coming from, growing from California and yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. yeah, cool. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's another Around Town in Chilliwack podcast episode. I hope you feel inspired. I hope you feel the need to get out there and do something new, get your hands dirty, whether that's in the dirt or doing something else, and start up that business that you've always wanted to do. Uh, Stop sitting around waiting and thinking that, uh, you know, tomorrow will be a better day. Well, you know what? Yesterday you said tomorrow, so that makes tomorrow today. So whatever it is that you want to do, get off your butt and go do it. I'm Matthew Anthony Hawkins. Have a great day.